Hello, and welcome to the Meddling Kids Podcast, a groovy review of everything Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Chase Coupo. First off, I must apologize again for not posting an episode over the Thanksgiving weekend. It's just hard to record some days. Well, it's easy, but most days, you know, I, I just I just come home from work and fall right asleep. Or, you know, when you, you've had a long day, whether it's work or not, and you're real tired and you get home and you know you have to do something, like record, for example, and I'll try to rest myself a little, like maybe treat myself to an episode of a, a show or like play a game for a little while, but I just, I always end up playing that for, or watching something for just like 10, 15 minutes, and then bam, crawl in the bed, fall asleep, and then, you know, you wake up maybe in time for dinner and a shower, if not, it's, it's the next day, but it's just, it's sometimes I, I get behind. I My goal when I started recording the Meddling Kids podcast was to get, and it worked some days, some weeks. I, my goal was to have like two to three episodes like recorded a week so I could just have them, uh, you know, in the queue ready to go. But, you know, life kind of uh, proved me wrong on that one. But it's all right. Life is still good. Podcast is still going well. I hope everyone listening is doing well. And let's get into the final episode of the new Scooby-Doo movies. This one is called Scooby-Doo Meets Dick Van Dyke. Now, this this title gives a very obscure hint of who the gang might meet this time. So, we open per usual, like every single other episode in this two-season incarnation of Scooby-Doo, with the gang driving down an undefined road in the mystery machine. Now, this is a road surrounded by green. It looks nice. It's a good composition. It's uh, it, it's grass mostly with some nice trees through. I'm not sure where the gang was originally heading, but they see a sign for a carnival. And Fred says, look, kids, and then tells them about the sign. So they decide to go to the carnival for a day and just have some fun for once. Uh, they, they've been to so many haunted houses, houses recently, and they just want to let loose for a little while. Now, poor Scooby doesn't want to go because he doesn't like the rides. I, I feel bad for Scooby here. And he has a very loud, over-the-top display of how uncomfortable the rides can be. And it does convince the gang. They decide to go, but Scooby-Doo does not have to ride the rides. He can just eat the food. Very good. And Scooby gets pretty pumped about this. So he hops right out of a moving van and uses his raw, unfathomable strength to push the mystery machine as fast as he can the rest of the way to the carnival. The gang is pretty impressed by this. They were a little shocked when he jumped out the window originally, but their shock turned a pleasant surprise. But now their attention is drawn to the carnival in front of them, and it is completely empty. No, no one buying tickets, no one parked in the lot, no one outside of it. It doesn't even look like there's a single soul inside the carnival. Now, you see that? That is the dream. At least, I mean, I feel like for most of us in real life, a close group of friends or, you know, my family and I with a, a carnival or, you know, preferably Disneyland to ourselves, like for a whole day at least. Ugh, I love it. But the gang seems to be a little worried about this. Since it wasn't any sort of prearranged event, it is awfully fishy. They decide to check it out, but as they walk up to the ticket booth, it seems closed. Even the shade is drawn on the ticket booth. They're uh, they're looking around, wondering maybe we should leave, but then they hear what they all claim to be 
uh, they mistakenly claim to be a wild animal in the booth. And the shade is kind of blowing around all spooky-like. Uh, Fred, the Shaggy and Scooby want to get out of there, which is probably good if you think there's a wild animal in the booth right in, directly in front of you. But Fred decides to lift the shade only to reveal the sleeping ticket seller. The wild animal noise was his snoring. I kind of love when Scooby-Doo does that, when someone's like snoring or, or grunting, like when they're like tied up and in trapped in some room, and they always think, what's that wild, crazy animal sound or something like that, you know? It's just, it, I, I like the way they do that. It's funny. So uh, when Fred lifts the shade, this wakes, well, they see him sleeping, and they decide, you know what? This is what a boring carnival there's no way we're going to stay here. But that wakes up that wakes up the ticket seller. And you know who it is? It's the famous Dick Van Dyke. And also, Velma points this out. Oh, sorry. Velma points this out. And in getting everyone's attention, she says, Hey, look, kids. It's the famous Dick Van Dyke. I wonder, are they talking to each other or us when they say that? The hey, kids. It sounds like them addressing the audience. But it would be weird to do that because they never really used the fourth wall in that manner before in any episode that I can think of. I mean, there are some jokes and gags that poke at the fourth wall, but not like this. And if it isn't towards the audience, but it is them addressing each other, it's so weird. There's no way anyone would ever address their friends by saying, hey kids, unless you have like children and they're actually your friends. Anyway, Dick confirms his identity, and he calls this place Dick Van Dyke's Barrel of Fun. An odd name, but I will accept it. Uh, Dick doesn't seem too happy, as his carnival is absolutely dead. He does do the kids a solid and lets them have tickets, uh, and it's whole rolls of them. He lets them have tickets into the carnival for free, uh, for drinks and food, for rides, and for attractions. He plays the role of the ticket taker. Well, he tells them, here, take these tickets to the entrance where the ticket taker And uh, they start walking over and they don't see anyone, but Dick Van Dyke uh, runs past him undercover and he dresses up like a ticket taker and he, he takes the tickets. And uh, he's got like a, it's like a, a bellhop's coat and hat. He puts that on and he puts on a fake mustache. And the kids are very surprisingly tricked into thinking that it is not Dick Van Dyke. They think they they say he looks an awful lot like Dick Van Dyke, but they they go with the fact that he has some odd family members that work with him. So the gang is also very surprised. You know, they're very surprised that Dick Van Dyke has uh, family members that look and sound and act just like him working everywhere in the park. But they're also very surprised that there isn't anyone inside the carnival still, even though I thought they already established and accepted that fact. But either way. They're in some shock as they walk into the carnival. Now they go in and they decide to go see a performance first. They want to go see the strongman perform, uh, a carnival classic. Dick is also pretending to be the strongman. Uh, he's behind as they're sitting in the empty, as the gang is sitting in the empty auditorium except for themselves. The seats look really nice. It looks like uh, movie theater seats. I like it. It's a good vibe. They're sitting there and they say there's not even someone, people in here to watch the show. Which, once again, I'm surprised at their surprise, because if there was literally no one outside the park or in any other spot in the park outside of this tent, why would they be in there? But anyways, sorry about that, got distracted. But anyways, 
Uh, Dick is also pretending to be the strongman. He's uh, behind the, the curtain making some announcements who's going to come out, and he's stuffing an outfit with these spheres to imitate muscles, he, and he throws a mask on. He enters stage right, and he unleashes a guttural scream to show strength, I suppose, before tripping on the weights on stage. This incident reveals him as himself. He admits to the gang that his carnival is a bust. Everyone quit, and no one wants to come enjoy it. He says it is rumored that his carnival is haunted. Now Shaggy and Scooby, they don't like that. They try to leave immediately, but the other kids decide that they are all staying to help. A mysterious ghostly arm appears and actually offers to buy a ticket. Now the, the gang is pretty spooked. Dick Van Dyke is excited that someone wants to buy a ticket. And while they're deciding what to do, the hand uh, kind of waves them over, like, you know, the little finger wave, and convinces them to follow it. Now, uh, Dick Van Dyke, he, he, the Velma and Daphne start to get up to follow the, the arm, the figure, and Dick Van Dyke tells them that the women need to hang back so a man can lead the way. And they're actually flattered and appreciative, they feel protected, so Dick does the good thing and he lets Fred lead the way. Now, the ghost arm is at the baseball throwing station, which excites Mr. Van Dyke as he has a customer. Unfortunately, it throws $27 worth of baseballs and leaves without paying. Now Shaggy and Scooby didn't actually follow the older kids over to follow the ghost arm. They decided to go their own way and not follow the ghost arm. They do find a food stand with no one to help them, though. So they get behind the, the counter, get to the grill, and they start making their own meal. They're planning on some burgers, and as they're making their feast, uh, the ghost arm secretly takes the food as they make it. it. It slides like a secret compartment in the grill. And the food disappears through it. And, uh, you know, Shaggy and Scooby weren't looking. So they look back. Everything is gone. And Shaggy immediately accuses Scooby of taking the food. So Scooby throws the accusation back at him. Now, before they're at each other's throats, they come to the conclusion that it, 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 it must be a ghost that took their food. But they don't want to admit that. They decide to choose hunger over fear. And they try again on the hamburgers. They keep a close eye out for any wrongdoing while the food cooks. Uh, one is Scooby's looking one way, Shaggy's looking the other way with the grill behind them. But as they're doing that, the whole grill slides into the floor and that just scares the two away. They consider looking for the others. Sco uh, Shaggy, he says, wouldn't you feel safer with the others? But Scooby convinces him, very smartly so, that the gang is looking for ghosts. So they need to avoid the gang and they just need to do their own thing. It's actually nice thinking on this one, Scooby. Now, a little naive at this point in your life to think that the ghost isn't going to find you, but I like your thinking nonetheless. So they decide to have some fun in a fun house, you know, the fun house mirrors. It's one that Shaggy's excited to go into without paying because he says there's no attendant, which it's uh, it's an inconsist inconsistency in the script for me because Dick gave them all like rolls of tickets for free for everything. So... While Shaggy enjoys a life of crime, which he's already been invited in, so it doesn't really count, the two have fun in there for a little while, but the ghost appears, of course. And it's not the ghost arm, it's actual, like a, like a ghost man. It seems to be a very large man. The ghost of a very large, muscular man. Now, uh, you know, it goes wild in the fun house. They run into a room in there, a back room, and they try to barricade themselves in that room. They do succeed with one door, but before they can bolt the back door shut, the ghost, who is already in the room, of course, classic Scooby stuff, steals the bolt right off the door. 
the two run over to the back door and they see that the bolt there is no bolt they see that it used to be there but it's not there now so they decide to try and use a dumbbell to prop up against the door it doesn't work out though as the ghost shows up and scares the two off they were trying to lift the dumbbell themselves but they couldn't and shaggy was putting all the blame on scooby by the way again and the ghost came up and he lifted it and, and you know that's that's what happened anyways meanwhile the older kids and Dick, they've lost the trail of the ghost arm, which we know now. We now know where that would have picked up. Uh, they ask Dick how he's running this carnival by himself. He says it isn't easy, and he shows them one of the harrowing tasks he had to learn: juggling. He begins juggling some ice cream, and his eyes go completely black. Now the gang seems not to notice, but I have my eye out for the demon within Dick Van Dyke. I see you, Satan. Anyway. He tries to show the kids some magic tricks that he learned. He is actually, it's kind of cute. He's really excited to show off, and the kids are actually pretty excited to see. He takes the stage as Mystifo, and he he struggles with the curtain. He can't even get the curtain up on his first try. And then he proceeds to lose the rabbit from his hat and the birds from his sleeve before he could do any tricks with them. He tries to give Daphne some flowers, which works. He makes some flowers appear out of nowhere. And he doesn't know how, but of course he plays that off like the comedian he is. And then they disappear again. So he fails to give Daphne some flowers. And then as he tries to raise his the magic cabinet, you know, the disappearing cabinet, uh, he can't get it out of the floor and he ends up getting stuck on top of the cabinet. So not a great show, but uh, I think the gang enjoys his slapstick comedy more than he knows. Now, once Dick gets the cabinet up and the gang gets him off to the top of the cabinet, he tries to make Velma disappear. He puts her into the cabinet, and you know what? It works. He's once again very surprised, but he plays it off. The gang thinks it's funny. And they start to... There's like a brief moment of tension where you can tell that no one knows where Velma is. And like Dick Van Dyke is like hiding that he doesn't know. But she shows up at the front of the stage, and she kind of plays along and says, you know, Oh, and, you know, Fred and Daphne ask, how did how did it work? And she's like, oh, well, a magician would never reveal trade secrets. So Velma's there to help him out. But that was, uh, that was a close one. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby, while that's happening, are running away from the ghost. And they jump on a, a caterpillar ride. It's, a, it's like a covered car with, you know, the caterpillar face and tail. So it's real good for hiding. Unfortunately, it is a roller coaster. Uh, it starts up and Shaggy decides, you know, eh, we'll just enjoy it while we're here. It's frightening poor Scooby, and Shaggy at first, he's pretty rough. He tells him, it's just a caterpillar ride, get over it. But he quickly, he actually offers to hold Scooby's hand to quell his fear, which is very cute, and I like it. But the ghost shows up and begins to cause some ruckus. So the other kids show up while the caterpillar ride is going, because Dick noticed it uh, running, and he said someone has to be on it. And they begin to have like an impossible conversation with each other again the sound design is just so so wrong here it's incorrect so they the older kids not on the ride are speaking with shaggy who is on the ride it's like a roller coaster it's how many feet up in the air it's going there's all the noise from the ride it's it's far away and they're just speaking to each other in like normal conversational level voices like this level of voice so no yelling above all the other noises one would expect, but hey, it's a cartoon. I guess that's okay. So Dick asks if they're having fun, but Shaggy says no because there's a ghost in there with them. Now Dick's first and correct response is, does he have a ticket? The ghost doesn't have a ticket, so Dick runs alongside the coaster, which is an incredible feat of its own, and he asks if the ghost is six years older, 
six years old or younger because only children ride free. The ghost tells Shaggy that he's 600 years old, so he qualif- So Dick actually says he qualifies for a senior discount, but does he have a senior citizen ticket? And he doesn't. The ghost a- Shaggy asks him, but the ghost says no, and Shaggy says no, he doesn't have a senior citizen ticket, so Dick kicks him off the ride. And this actually leads to Scooby and Shaggy somehow. I, I, I didn't, maybe I looked down when they tran- did the transition, or they just transitioned here. Somehow, Scooby and Shaggy are just standing in a like a balloon booth. And uh, as they're they're talking, the gang is talking, the ghost start fills some balloons with a lot of helium, which lifts them, Shaggy and Scooby, into the air. Uh, Dick actually, you know, the, the older kids are worried about how their friends are going to get down. Like, this, is, this isn't this is a good situation. And Dick is he's more worried about himself. He encourages them, if they float over town, to advertise for his carnival and his TV show. Make sure they watch him on TV. But they do have other issues to worry about as the ghost drops the other shoe. He use, He's using, he lifted them up in the air with the helium balloons, and now he's using a mirror to bounce the sun at the balloons and pop them with heat. Science? I'm not sure. Now he succeeds, and as they plummet to their death, Dick struggles to figure out a way to give them a soft landing. First he tries a baseball glove, but the older kids tell him that there's no way. Now, instead of helping Shaggy and Scooby and being in a panic as their friends approach the fates of the gates of heaven, the fates of heaven, Fred mentions what a shame it is that they, Scooby and Shaggy, are in this situation when all they wanted to do was have fun at the carnival. He's basically reading their eulogy while they're falling, and he mentions that they wanted to eat ice cream in his little speech. Now, this gives Dick a shaky idea to go get the ice cream cart from earlier when he was juggling. He was juggling ice cream, and he lets them land in that. Now, it does surprisingly work, and uh, I find it funny when they were falling. He said, they're just falling, like, straight from the sky. No momentum. They don't have any any gear to do anything, and he tells them to aim for the, for the ice cream stand. But anyways, it does work. They land in the ice cream, and everyone enjoys a little bit of tutti-frutti ice cream, which Dick did say was the best, and they all seem to confirm. Now, to their right is an ad for Jojo the Dog-Faced Man which is crazy cool, but the picture of JoJo is not what it seems as the eyes move. Someone is watching the gang, and that right there is classic Scooby stuff. Now, the gang actually has a little bit of fun with Scooby. You know, the, every it's funny, the plot kind of melts away. They just have a little bit of fun with Scooby messing around, but they have to turn their attention to the ghost problem. Dick has the older kids search one side of the midway while he, Scooby, and Shaggy search the other side. The plan is to meet right in the middle. Now, Dick, Shaggy, and Scooby get to use the golf cart he owns for the carnival, so it seems great at first. He says that they have the numbers game one, and if the ghost shows up... Oh, and they have the number ga- numbers game if the ghost shows up. So he's trying to tell Shaggy and Scooby not to be afraid. If the ghost shows up, we just take him down. And he actually mentions that uh, he's thinking on the same level as the gang, I believe, as they normally do. He thinks that it isn't a ghost. He thinks someone is just trying to scare him off. Uh, they end up getting off the golf cart, and, and Dick tries to show off his strength at the strongman stand, you know, where you uh, uh, you use, like, the little sledgehammer to 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 knock that thing up and hit the bell, you know, so you're strong. He's trying to prove Shaggy and Scooby that he's not afraid of no ghost. He can take someone on. But as they do that, the ghost shows up and ruins their horsing around. Now, Shaggy and Scooby just immediately dip. Fight or flight, and they choose flight, leaving Dick to face the ghost alone. He seems like he's going to step up to the plate and take a risk, but he he joins the, the other two in hiding, almost reluctantly. 
Now, the writers of this episode think they're funny. The older kids are on a tandem bike, and Fred's at, Fred's at the front of it. It's like a, a three-person tandem bike. I think there's a word for that other than tandem, but you know what I mean. And Fred's at the front, and he tells the girls, he says, Remember, Daphne and Velma, stay close behind me. And Velma's like, right. Gosh. So I just I love moments like that in TV shows. It happens when I watch Supernatural all the time, where you can tell that they're like, as they were writing it, they were like giggling and snickering like uncontrollably because they think they're funny. And you know what? They're right. But anyways, uh, Daphne actually stops them and she decides to take a picture at a, a, the picture the picture booth. You know, the one where you go in, you, you pull the curtain and it takes the, the string of pictures. It's always fun, especially when you're a teenager. Uh, she takes a while in there. So Daphne, no, Fred and Velma, Daphne's the one who's taken a while. Fred and Velma decide to go over and check on her. But when they open the curtain, all they find is a ghost in there. And it's actually kind of a cool ghost. It's a, just a disembodied head ghost. Uh, he makes some silly pun, and uh, Fred actually just tries to dive right in and grab it, but there's there's nothing to grab. So they lose the ghost, and now they need to find Daphne. Now back to Shaggy, Scooby, and Dick Van Dyke. Dick convinces himself to leave hiding, and and uh, and he oh he convinces himself to leave hiding. And he's trying to decide what to do. So he says, hey, we'll use the gypsy machine here. You know, you put the quarter in. Well, it's actually a nickel. Uh, good times. Uh, you know, put the nickel in and the, the gypsy gives you some some silly advice. Like, a, a you know, gives, tells you your fate. Uh, he tries to use it to get a hint where the ghost went. Uh, it doesn't work. First, he tries to put a penny in and the gypsy machine calls him out on it. And then it tells them what their fate is going to be. And they fall right into a trap. It, it's a trap door in the, the dock that they're on, the, the boardwalk, whatever, you know. And it drops them into a boat in water. I'm not sure if it's like a like a lazy river sort of thing or if it's like the, the classic, the tunnel of love or whatever. But the older kids actually, while that's happening, they find Daphne playing bumper cars. She says she fell down a trap door in a picture booth and she ended up there. So she decided to have a little fun before finding her friends. She says she was just about to go looking for them. Yeah, sure, Daphne. They do find her, though. And she's about to actually park her bumper car. She's going to get serious. She's going to take this mystery seriously. But uh, she's assaulted by a ghost. And it's it, this is another interesting ghost. It's got hands. It's got feet. And it's a helmet. And those are all that's visible. I think it even has a scarf. It's like a, like you see like a, a, a cliche pilot drawing. But uh, it, it knocks her bumper car into some others, and it's honestly a violent collision, a violent wreck. It leads to a bad little accident, I'd say. Daphne is alright, thankfully. And uh, the gang tries to get up to follow the ghost as it walks out, but they get caught up on the turnstile at the exit because the ghost is a ghost. It can just walk right through the turnstile, but uh, the turnstile is locked, so Fred, Daphne, and Velma you know, run right into it. So, while they're struggling to enter and exit buildings, Shag, Scooby, and Dick are indeed in the Tunnel of Love. Thank you for the clarity, Dick. So, they're traveling, and we see a shot of the tunnel ahead of them, and it has some spooks in it. Uh, there's a, a skeleton head, uh, I guess a creepy face with some hands, a spider, a big snake, and a sleeping, um, I want to say alligator, but it could be a crocodile. A sleeping amphibian. Darn, I don't think they're amphibians. I think you get my point. I just have to say that this is one of the laziest frames I have ever seen from this show. There's a lot of those instances, just because the era of the animation, the budget that they probably had, 
but this takes the cake. It looks so off. I, I don't know. It's just, it's weird, really. And I think, I'm thinking to myself, maybe they were going for that. Maybe they were trying to make the audience feel uncomfortable. And that's what makes, they're trying to actually, in effect, scare the audience. But either way, Dick tries, sees that ahead and he's trying to turn on a light, but he falls out of the boat. Which, once again, I must have looked away because I hear Shaggy worrying about him capsizing it. And then I hear him, like, fall out of the boat. And then I, I looked and it was, he, he was just back doing the same thing. So he, he was, he's still standing in the boat, feeling along the ceiling, trying to find the light. And he actually, he finds a trap door in the ceiling, which leads to a tunnel that the older kids are now in. They made, they made it out of the bumper cars. Uh, and, uh... Dick's hand kind of shoots through the, is pushing up the trap door, so Fred whips the door open and whips Dick right up through the ceiling, and it, it surprises Dick Van Dyke a lot, but uh, he realizes who just yoinked him up there, so they pull Shaggy and Scooby up as well, and now everyone is in that secret passage, it's like a secret tunnel, um, and Dick Van Dyke is, he's a little miffed because he said, I, I had no idea this existed, and before they can go further with their conversation, they have to go investigate some grunting that they hear. It's coming from the uh, the carousel's motor motor room. It's just there's a door that says motor room, and uh, Dick recognizes it as they're under the carousel. They find some. They go in there and they find some glowing costumes that are hung up on the wall. Uh, it's the ones that the ghosts were using. All the ghosts that we saw. It turns out that all the ghosts were just painted cloth with like strings and pulleys and whatnot, just working them. I don't know why, but this one, it was kind of, it made sense. I can imagine that actually being true. It, it worked. They did a good job with the illusion this time, which is rare because, you know, it's Scooby. So uh, the grunting is in that same room, and it turns out to be the strongman who Dick was led to believe left the carnival. He's lifting some weights, which is why he's grunting. Velma realizes that he must be the ghost. The strongman hears them, and he just straight up admits that he wanted to scare Van Dyke out, so he would sell the carnival for cheap. Which pretty much almost worked if he had approached him sooner because Dick offered it several times to the kids. Uh, so now one of, to me, one of the most interesting moments in Scooby history, just a regular man, the strong man, just up and chases the gang, the gang with like the, the intent to attack them. It's one of the scarier moments, I'd say. I mean, that's, that's real danger. It doesn't work out for him as he's actually, he, he gets caught on the carousel, so we don't have to worry about any groundbreaking violent scenes in Scooby-Doo, but I thought it was a little interesting. Now, uh, so the, the mystery's wrapped up, and uh, Dick rewards the kids by awarding them co-ownership of the carnival. They don't have to buy into it either, and having them run it with them. They all have their roles for the day, and uh, Velma actually... It's funny, Daphne's uh, the ticket-taker ticket -taker at the Tunnel of Love, and Velma seems a bit lonely as she longs, she longs out loud for someone to take her in the Tunnel of Love. That aside, Dick says the last thing that they need is a barker. I don't know what it actually means, but I knew immediately when he said the word that Scooby would offer to do it. Scooby does offer, and Dick says, what do you know about barking, Scooby? And he proceeds to bark and dance a little, closing out the episode. Alright everybody, that does it for this one. The next episode is going to be a brief look ahead, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about what the uh, what the next iteration of the show is coming up next. I'm excited to be in a new chapter in the show. I wrote in the snow in my notes. But until then, stay groovy and remember, I wouldn't have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs>